0: Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast presented by Twisted Tea and my bookie. I'm your host Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What's up yo TSC Homer. <laughs> hey buddy what's going on oh doing great buddy we've got a uh, a loaded show here mm. anwar richardson yes from orange bloods one of our favorites Hookem horns we're yeah texas and oklahoma's our cousins now so we're welcoming them in and chris marler saturday down south saturday football uncensored two mm-hmm. great conversations with this marquee game. I think this is, you know... The, Two totally different people, too, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, I mean, hey, these these games are getting you oh, know, yeah. more and more important. Yep. The hype is real. And uh, this is what I'm going to try to do all season long if we can. You know, whatever, whatever the big game is, try to get it covered from both sides. That's something we always try to do. We've done it in years past, but uh, I'm committed to doing it again this year, even better. You know,
1: absolutely. We got we got a lot of great games this week, but that obviously is the one that everyone's talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was curious. I wanted because you kind of asked a question like this the other day, and and I want to I want to ask you because I never got your. I try my questions
0: out on you first. Yeah, I know. I know.
1: And then all that I'm like, that son of a bitch got me. You know, (laughs) but I wanted to ask you. Not coaches, not players, but fan bases. Mm -hmm. This Texas-Alabama game, who is it bigger for? Is it bigger for Texas? I guess you could lump in Oklahoma, too, because, again, both of these programs will be coming in next year, and this is kind of a telltale sign to how far along they are. Yeah. Um, Or is it bigger for the Alabama fan base?
0: No, not not even a question. Texas. Texas. It's bigger for Texas. And they won't be ranked number one if they win, but they should. Yeah. Because the rankings, to my understanding, is for 2023. Yeah. And no one will have a better win than in Tuscaloosa if they were able to pull that off. Again, huge if. Yeah. But I respect Georgia. Put Georgia number two. Hell, Kirby would probably thank us for putting (laughs) Georgia number two. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it won't happen, but that's what it should. And, no, I think, you know, they think under Sark, with all these weapons, they're legitimate. Yeah. They talk and talk and talk. And, hell, we all do it, so I'm not just poking at them. But here's their opportunity to prove it. Mm -hmm. And to beat Bama, if they beat Bama, they're a front runner to make the playoff already. Yeah. Because there's no one in that league, aside from Oklahoma, that can touch them, I wouldn't think.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because I'm trying to figure out how this season's going to end. I think we all do that. Uh, we're looking ahead, especially like a team like LSU, got a loss, you know, a black eye, but do they have an opportunity for a college football playoffs? Well, you don't if a team like Texas goes undefeated. You don't yeah. if a team like Florida State goes undefeated. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at the big tw- – like you're going to need some, some – you're going to need some miracles along the way. So uh, it, it's kind of a telltale sign. And if Texas does come in here and stumble – then again, well, maybe we have an opportunity because you're looking, well, Florida State does play Clemson, so there's still a chance there, and Ohio State does play Michigan. So, you know, you start marking off some of these teams that potentially could have a loss and then get you into the college football playoffs. So it's really early in the season, yep. but this game has so much riding on it.
0: Mm-hmm. And before we get to our interview, Shane, you got two things. Mailbag. I, I enjoyed the mailbag so yeah. much last week, so I'm going to keep doing this as long as there's great questions. But also we got uh, some injury updates, some critical injuries across the SEC. So let's get to that real quick, Shane. For the big game, Alabama, two defensive backs kind of banged up. (laughs) Malachi Moore and Jalen Key, the transfer from UAB, who had an interception in the opener. Yeah. These are critical guys. Nick Saban says they are practicing, but will they play? That's something that uh, they can't comment on until we get to the game. and, And it doesn't matter who we speak to they say Texas got an advantage with the receivers and tight ends right. over Bama's defensive back. So if they're down Malachi Moore, if they're down Jalen Key, which at least they're practicing, so I'm not saying they're down them, but if those guys can't go, even if one of them can't go, that's a big blow to Bama. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm t- the Stars are starting
1: to line up a little bit for an upset miracle here. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, but, again, it's at a position – that when you look at the strengths of the Longhorn, it's the receiving core. It's what they've all been talking about all offseason. We didn't get to see a good dose of it, you know, the first week, but maybe they were saving a lot of that for Bama this week.
0: Yeah. Now, this one this one hurts, Shane. But thankfully, it doesn't sound too serious. Rocket Sanders, mm-hmm. knee swelling. And yeah. he may not play this weekend against Kent State. They may hold him back. And uh, Sam Pittman, you know, he's, he's not giving a timeline or anything. Didn't even say he's – he won't play, but he's not practicing, and that's the rule down there. If you, you don't practice, you can't play. So yeah. I don't anticipate we'll see Rocket Sanders this weekend against Kent State. Again, remember, Kent State, zero returning starters, lost by like 50 points in the yeah. opener. They don't need him. they got a talented backfield, but this is a situation to monitor because they sure as hell going to need Rocket come SEC play.
1: Yeah, or even BYU. You know, he had a hell of a game against them last year. Mm-hmm. So, yes, may not need him against Kent, um, but if there's a chance – that it could you know like he could really get hurt then I'm I'm going to pump the brakes let's just let's shut it down we don't need him week 2 but you would like to see him out there because something you and I talked about was the lack of running per- rushing performance yeah. that we saw last week is something that we're going to try to hit hard this week and now that kind of that kind of slows that plan down a little bit
0: yeah well, hopefully this doesn't slow down DeValls defense to shade <laughs> Keenan Peeley linebacker out for an extended period of time. And Hyple says they we don't think it's season ending, but yeah. anytime your coach is throwing that out there, it doesn't sound good at all. He was uh, one of the players of the week against yeah. Virginia. This is the transfer from from BYU. Thankfully, Tennessee is kind of again we the same thing I've been saying: a lot deeper, a lot yep. more talented. This could have killed you a, a year or two ago. It's not going to kill you, but. Losing a you know a team captain like this not not great heading into SEC play no, in a couple of weeks
1: not good and and we all do this we we mark well, we'll be fine and then one leads to two to mm-hmm. the three you're just hoping that this doesn't snowball and we have more injuries but start of the season this is the time where you're going to see some of those those big injuries popping up you just hate to see it's one of your programs
0: right and then last one Auburn linebacker Austin Keys hurt his thumb. Free says he could be out a while. They're going on the road at Cal. Cut it off, Mike. He don't need it. <laughs> I mean, him,
1: what, what, was he a linebacker? Yeah, yeah linebacker. Yeah, but appreciate.
0: it's. I mean, Auburn again. They're they're not deep enough to where they can lose a ton of guys. You yeah, know what I mean? In the seventies, you know. They just <laughs> lop that thing off and put a cast on. Them. <laughs> All right, buddy. Let's get to uh, so the mailbag questions. How's that sound? Yeah, no, it sounds good. And I know I'm saving. I saved this one. I tried not to read them
1: because I saw you put them. on You said there. that
0: last time, and then you're sending them to me in the middle of the I night. Know, so I was like, I he's looking at some well, of these.
1: So I got I got tagged in a couple of them. You know, okay. so when I got okay. the tag, I said, oh shit, I sent the mailbag. So I did retweet it, but I didn't read a lot of them.
0: Okay, well, I want to start with the, with that one first. I gotta find it first. Okay, this comes from Lucas. Yeah. What would it take for cousin Shane to wear a Mizzou shirt for an episode of the pod?
1: <laughs> oh man. I thought about it. this is the one I saw, so yeah. I, I did give this one some thought. And you know, my first response was ten wins, because that's what I what I what I'm hoping the best case scenario happens for Mizzou, but you can't get to 10 if you can't get past Kansas state. Yeah. So you're going to be an underdog. You guys beat Kansas state. I'll wear the Mizzou for sure, man. Yeah. And in fact, I went a step further. I went online and went shopping for this. <laughs> you know, my fat is. So I can't go to like regular stores, like normal people, you know, normies, I call them, you know, so I may have the Walmart version of a Mizzou shirt, but but I will have one if they beat, when they beat Kansas state.
0: All right. I love that. All right, how about this one from uh, Pete Limbo. staying account, Shane. Spencer Rattler came back to South Carolina to improve his draft stock. Do you think his performance against North Carolina's nine sacks, did that help him? What do you think his stock looks like if the O-line doesn't improve over the season? Well, I mean, if the O-line doesn't improve, he may not be upright. Yeah. So let's hope that doesn't happen. But more specifically, in that game, I know people look at the loss and they, they're going – we always blame the quarterback. I yeah. think that helped him going yeah. thirty for thirty nine, running for his life, getting sacked left and right. Uh, NFL loves to see a quarterback that's tough, yeah, that can take a hit, that can that's going to stand in there and deliver.
1: Absolutely, you're drafting the player, not the stats. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, you could put Spencer on. You know Ohio State's team, and then all of a sudden, you know he's he's a Heisman candidate possibly. You know that's that's the scenario that we have with with him. And obviously, he ran for his life, but he was extremely efficient when given an opportunity, even though he had to make those opportunities. So, you know, also development. You know, we we got to sit down with Spence, and and I will say this: more of a grown up than Shane Beamer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you hear you're nothing against. I'm not. I'm not bashing the fan base. That's not what I'm saying here. But we've all heard Beamer come out here and and, and talk about the chain gang eating hot dogs and how great Furman's going to be. And we, yes, those are, those are getting a lot of love online. But you're not hearing that from the quarterback. You yeah. know the true captain of this team, and that's what I like is the respect. He's just going to go out there, he's going to do his job. He doesn't care who it is, you know, and he's going to get the most of the receivers and running backs around him. So, but he's he's going to have to have some help, like you said, if he's going to stay healthy throughout the whole game or the whole
0: season. Right. All right. How about this one from Davis Wade Stadium? That's a cool name. Yeah. Which team failed the SEC the most? We well, just talking about Week One, obviously, LSU or Florida. Hmm. And for me, this one's easy because we are the most popular meme on Florida State Twitter right yeah. now. They're all over our YouTube. We do appreciate the uh, you know they're they're helping the algorithm, but I think it's got to be LSU. Yeah, because I touted them up as a as a West champ, as a national champ, and by God, they they looked all I don't say awful, but it, it's like they quit. And FSU outclassed them. FSU yeah. looks like the the playoff, the championship contender, yeah. not LSU. Florida. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to hype them up entering the season, but what do we say at media days? What do we say leading up to it? This is, this is going to be a rebuild here. And uh, so Florida, remember I'm Honda Morristown, that bad boy. (laughs) That's when, you know, I don't have a great confidence in it. So LSU, I think failed the SEC more week one. How about you?
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right, and man, they are—they have been all over our, our mentions. And, and <laughs> you know, I, I will say this: growing up, I did like Janikowski. I mean, that yep. fat kicker. I figured <laughs> when I wasn't going to be tall enough to play left guard for the Tennessee Vols, if I could learn how to kick the football, you know, maybe there's a shot for me. But brother, when you're looking at these two games, everyone outside of us expected Florida to lose. There was a lot of people that expected LSU not just to win but to destroy the Florida State Seminoles, and they didn't do that. So, yes, you want to talk about uh, a black eye or, or, you know, just a, a hit on SEC pride, LSU Tigers.
0: Kind of a similar question here, Shane, from uh, John. Which team from week one will turn it around quicker among the teams that struggled so, again, I think he specifically, I would imagine, thinking LSU, Florida, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You could throw in uh, anyone else. I am mean, not not a ton of Mississippi State for maybe a half. But yeah. uh, which team will turn it around quicker? <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to kind of be repetitive here, but I think it is LSU. And, yeah. and a lot of that is because of who Florida plays and who South Carolina plays in the next month or so. I still think those teams can turn it around, but right out the gate, I don't know, whereas LSU, they got some tough games coming up, but their toughest games are all in the second half, and we've seen them do it before. we got to get Perkins more involved. I mean, that in itself yeah. could turn this thing around for the Tigers. Uh,
1: I think it's going to come down to schedules too, though. So do you have it pulled up? Floor? I, mm-hmm. and, and nothing is, again, South Carolina. I think they've got room for improvement, but they've right. also got – Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi State coming. So yeah. it, it, it's if they can knock off one or two of those guys, they're they're right there in it, and then all of a sudden they're the most improved team uh, in the SEC. But right. I'm kind of curious, Florida, LSU, next three games, who they got.
0: So Florida's got McNeese this week at home, right. Tennessee at home, Charlotte at home. Hmm. So maybe you get on a little bit of a roll there. It would, yeah. looks like it would be an upset over Tennessee, but that certainly could happen.
1: But if you do it. I mean, you're in know, a three and one right out of the gate. Yeah. Only lost top 25 team. Got a top 20, top 10 win if you beat the balls. So, uh, who's LSU have?
0: LSU. So they've got Rambling at home, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at Mississippi State, and Arkansas at home. So that's definitely yeah. tougher.
1: At, yeah. At home, though. Yeah.
0: You know, I think that helps. So
1: I, I'm going to go with you. I think. It's gonna come down when you talk about improvement, it's
0: you gotta have the roster for it too. And, and what about South Carolina though? Furman? Yeah. My number six in the FCS, <laughs> according to Beamer. Add Georgia and Mississippi State at home. I mean, it's you can win two of those.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could get behind that. Obviously, it's the Georgia one. Mm. You know, do I see a road where LSU wins the next three games? Yes. Do I see one where Florida can win the next three games? Yes. But do I think South Carolina can beat Georgia, you know? In Athens? I mean, I ain't taking that bet, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But, again, if you lose, how do you lose? Do you lose by a score and a half, you know, something like that? Do you, you you know, keep this thing close? And then I think – I hate moral victories, but you can have one with the Georgia Bulldogs, two-time defending national champs, so – Shit, man. Maybe, maybe talk me into this. Maybe, maybe South Carolina, because they got a tougher road. They, they would want. They would be the one that would look back three games from now, saying that they are
0: are much improved. Mm. We are Luther Burden wants to know: Can T Tulane rejoin the SEC? <laughs> <laughs> that ain't up to us, but we we would say no to that, don't you think? Yeah, we we've shot that one down. Glock Voss. Well, this is more of an off-season one, but. Can we get five minute history lesson on you and Shane's lives? I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Here is one that I, that I really love. Uh, I'm gonna wait you to, for you to stop drinking because I don't want you to. Know? You do spit up. Trey Tucker wants to know: Does cousin Shane offer turn down service? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. No, no, I don't. How about uh, but a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars. Eli Drainer wants to know what will it take for Connor Wigman to get national recognition. It's going to be that Alabama game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no disrespect to you know Arkansas and Auburn. Mm-hmm.
1: This
0: guy's he, Elijah. He's he's asking national, yeah. nationally, those teams. You go in there and whip them. People will start to notice, but. The nation is not going to pay attention to anything A&M does until that game against Alabama in Kyle Field here in a couple of weeks.
1: That's it, man. Um, you know, and unfortunately, that's where you're at right now. Now, once you get that national recognition, you may not need Alabama to, to kind of bolster your resume, but that's where we're at because you, we need an upset. Beating Miami – it's not going to be an upset to a lot of the SEC fans. There's going to be a lot of people not even watching that game, but they will be watching the Alabama game. I, I think they will be watching an LSU. I think they'll be watching a, a Tennessee ball game. You know, there's a couple of opportunities, but it all hinges on you know the team that's had your number last couple of years. So you were close, and if you could come away and beat. Alabama Crimson Tide, then all of a sudden Connor's legit. He's he's a top shelf quarterback.
0: Now, how about this one? I thought this was kind of interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see where you go with this one from JD. Does the West run through Oxford if Ole Miss can beat Bama and beat LSU in back to back weeks? Yeah. I mean, I. I, I I would imagine.
1: You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, that's one of the teams nobody nobody's talking enough about because obviously it wasn't a fun game to watch. Hell, it was even tough to watch if you didn't have access to it, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I think Ole Miss is gonna have some some opportunity. If they keep playing like they did week one, they they can beat anybody. And, and I really do think that this old Miss team is a million times better than they were last year. So there's going to be some tough games, but Alabama, that's the toughest one because sometimes it feels like it's made to be bigger than it really is. And, and if, if, Lane Kiffin walks away the victory. That's all he wants, man. You ask him right now, what team do you want to beat? It's Nick Saban, you know. Yeah. And he'll say all the good shit online about how he loves and respects him, and you know, keep his dad's name out of your mouth, that sort of thing. <laughs> but when you, if you got truth serum and you ask Lane Kiffin, is there a team like? Would you sacrifice eleven losses to beat one team? Is there one?
0: Absolutely, Nick Saban. And here's why you're wrong. Because <laughs> when I read that. At first, I was right there with you. Yeah, They beat Bama. They beat LSU, of course. The road goes through Oxford. And I'm not saying it, they, they wouldn't win it, because if you beat those two, particularly Alabama's in Tuscaloosa, yeah. if you can win that game, there's no reason you can't win the West. But it doesn't run through for a couple reasons, Shane. And I'm all on board, brother. Them Texas A&M Aggies. Yeah, We can't overlook them. Right. I I I still think A&M can beat both those teams. Yeah. I think A&M can beat Ole Miss. So we got to factor that in. Is it at, it's at Oxford though, right? It is. It is. So and I mean, they technically they got a record Lane Kiffin's it. undefeated against yeah. uh Texas A&M. So we'll give you that. But here's a, another curveball. Wait, is that true? Yeah, Lane Kiffin's undefeated against a and M.
1: I I thought they lost last year.
0: No, they they whooped them. Hmm. Lane Kiffin's undefeated against A&M. Uh but I believe you. I'm just fact-checking you. A, here's a curveball, though, to the yeah. whole thing. Ole Miss has to go to Georgia. Oh, shit. So even if yeah. they do beat Alabama and LSU, which is a big ask, at Georgia is going to be tough. That could throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. And then cannot overlook rivalry game mm-hmm. on the road, the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State. Again, I get it. If you're beating Alabama on the road, you're beating LSU, mm-hmm. you got confidence you can beat Mississippi State. But that don't mean that you're going to do it. And the game's in Starkville. Home field is, is massive in the Egg Bowl. So, no. I Again, if Ole Miss does that, yes, I, I believe they can win it. But I don't think it runs through Oxford, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I forgot about the Georgia game. And you are correct, as usual. We can edit that part out, right? This ain't live. (laughs) All right, and then last one, Shade, from Joshua Askew here. That's kind of interesting. His name's Askew. Which one's tougher? Uh Ole Miss Miss getting
1: the win against Bama or Ole Miss getting a win against Georgia? Because, again, it feels like that Alabama – You know, Ole Miss rivalry carries a little bit more weight. And Mm. and I'm not saying not to get your popcorn ready, but I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, it just feels like Saban
0: has got that one a little bit more personal. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I want to say Alabama is – did you ask me which one's tougher? Yeah, it would be tougher for for Ole Miss to win. I almost want to say Alabama is – I know that doesn't make sense, but Georgia – the Ole Miss game is right before Tennessee. Yeah, and if Tennessee's red hot, who knows? They might be looking ahead. Mm-hmm. They might look right through Ole Miss. So, yeah, I th- I think I'll go with that Alabama mm. one. Georgia losing two games in a row. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Joshua will ask you though. This is the final one here, Shane. Yeah. And uh, who does cousin Shane like in the Texas Alabama game and Texas A and M Miami games? I'll be sure to take the opposite. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to get my picks right, right. uh, I didn't want you to. Tune in Thursday at six, and you can find out how to make some money.
0: Right. Well, I thought that would be the perfect segue, Shane, to let the audience know we're brought to you by MyBookie. Head on over to mybookie.ag today. Put in that promo code SEC for all new signups and they'll give you an instant 50% deposit match with that promo code, that, T-H-A-T-S-E-C, over at mybookie.ag today. Shane, these people need to get on it, get on MyBookie, help the podcast. This is the number one way to help the podcast this football season. Fade our picks. That's as close as – We're
1: literally paying them
0: to help us out. Come on. It's not going to get any easier than that. There's a link in the show notes. Head on over to mybookie.com. Dot .ag today, promo code that SEC would really, really, really help us out. Shane, we're also brought to you by Game Time Sidekicks. How Whoa. about it, buddy? you got another edition of my Game Time Sidekicks over here. We love our Game Time Sidekicks. GameTimeSidekicks.com. promo code SEC at checkout, Shane. We'll get you 20% off your entire order, including these fantastic NIL Cups. They've got every SEC team Officially licensed gear here, stainless steel drinkware. You will not be disappointed with game time sidekicks, I promise you. And then last but not least, Shane, Prize Picks back for another season. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports. We love the Prize Picks, Shane. They got every sport covered at Prize Picks. But why we really love it, college football. It's the only one that I know of that's got daily fantasy college football selections. Same promo code, SEC. They will... Give you a 100% instant deposit bonus over at prizepicks.com. Once again, there's links to all of this in the show notes. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch. 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by GameTime. Head on over to GameTime.co. And use promo code that S E C T H A T S E C for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. GameTime is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co Snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code that SEC for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for twenty bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, buddy. So uh, you ready to kick it over to our interview with uh, Anwar yeah. Richardson? Yes, sir. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, special guest on the show. We Had to get our buddy Anwar Richardson over from Orange Bloods on the show. I did his show this morning. Go check it out. The host of the old fashioned sports show, part of the uh, Orange Bloods net- network. Anwar, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thank you for coming on. First of all, you brought that fire on the <laughs> show uh, this morning. It was it was really great. I love uh, all your opinions. I tell the same thing. I'll say it on your show. The same thing I, I said on my show. I don't really like a lot of people, but I love you. Like, and again, I don't like people. I'm just like, people just gotta, you know, older I get, I'm getting older. So I'm, I'm a little bit more grouchier, a little grumpier, a little bit more set in my ways and stuff like that. But I love uh, being on your show and uh, being a part of it and hopefully be a part of it as more and more as as, you know, Texas is just, moments away from uh being inside as you would say leaving uh that little bit of a conference the big 12 is kind of like if you have a if you have like a a, uh, a concert and it's an all-day concert right the big 12 is kind of like that six o'clock show maybe five o'clock show <laughs> you know the sec is that show that comes on drunk at midnight they're like are you ready to rock right <laughs> and that's the big 12 is kind of like the you know right in between there and so at some point Texas will be with the headliners and they can show up at midnight and tell everybody, are you ready to rock? And everyone start screaming.
0: Yeah. And I, we can't wait. We've embraced Texas and Oklahoma already as SEC family members. But uh, can you just give us a sense uh, of your audience and, and how excited they are to leave the Big 12 and join oh. the SEC, where we all know uh, is I mean, it's the greatest college football conference in the world.
2: Well, I mean, I think Brett Yormark made it pretty clear that <laughs> you know, he has no love for Texas. And what's in the interesting part about when Yormark uh, goes there before the Texas Tech fans and um, and then kind of plays to the crowd uh, as far as I'm going to be in Austin and he basically wants a repeat of what happened last year, which was Tech uh, defeating Texas. Uh, you know, the interesting part one it was it was unnecessary. You know, you don't need to, you didn't need to say that. Uh, but what's fascinating in this 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 hatred thing is people kind of forget that Oklahoma's leaving too. And it is like it's all directed towards one program. Like it's you when you think about this whole thing, like Oklahoma doesn't have to talk about embrace the hate. They don't have that said <laughs> because no one's hating on Oklahoma. It's one there's one program that everyone's upset about it's it's alabama saying you know what texas didn't give us the greatest of treatment with ticket allotments in the band last year so you know what we're gonna do we're gonna put them all up in the upper decks we're gonna get our payback on them and it's like it's 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 like and i like petty so i'm okay with the pettiness of it like i I enjoy (laughs) it so I, i i think it's kind of funny when it's all said and done but it's all directed at the texas thing and so for for i think texas I think one like anything it just kind of solidifies in their head they're making the right move. Like they 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 don't have to look back and question could we should we? They look and say no, you know this this Texas carried that conference as long as it did. Sure, they didn't have the success from a football standpoint just 2009, but brand, brand recognition, that means something and the brand recognition is what Texas was able to bring to them that that TV money is because of Texas, what Texas was able to do. Uh, and now Brett Yormans done a great job. You know, what's crazy is he's made no missteps since he's he's been there, Mike. I mean, he's he's done a fantastic, a fantastic job. He he's the guy that got ahead of all the other conferences. And that's why the Pac-12 is, you know, is 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 pretty much dead, because he got that TV contract done very, very soon. But I think for Texas, I think they're ready to make that next step. They're ready to go t- turn the page, leave the Big Twelve behind. I think the fan base is really excited. Look, at the end of the day, it's hard to get excited about games versus Kansas State, uh, you know, Texas Tech. You know, it's hard to get up for those those programs. Like it just it just is from a fan standpoint. The reason why. Texas started scheduling tougher non-conference games is because the, the regular season schedule just wasn't as appealing as it once was. That's why Texas went after, previously before this, the LSU, uh, scheduling Alabama, they scheduled Florida, they scheduled Ohio State, they scheduled Michigan. It was because their conference slate was just too boring and was a hard sell. And the biggest game that Texas had of the year was Texas at Oklahoma, which was in Dallas at a neutral site, so it was hard to get the, that home schedule was tough, and so that's why te- Texas went outside and scheduled a lot of tougher opponents. They won't necessarily have to do that going forward once some of these contracts play out. But from a Texas perspective, this is a huge win uh, to be with that, that conference. that you know, solidifies this program for the next you know fifty to one hundred years easily. And
0: has has it hit the uh, Texas audience yet? That uh, last year's game, it was. I mean, that was just a phenomenal scene. I anticipate mm-hmm. something similar this Saturday when Texas yeah. comes to Tuscaloosa. But as it hit the Longhorns, that you know, as much uh, you know, fun as these games are next year, uh, I mean, it's. I apologize, I'm not looking at the schedule, but it, you know, every other year there's going to be one of these with Georgia, with LSU, yeah. with Tennessee, with Florida a and right. on and on and on. I mean, do they realize the, the football excellence that's coming their way?
2: Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I think – and I'm going to tell you this, Mike, from a, from a Texas perspective. I don't necessarily think that that kind of, quote, unquote, worries them because if you look at Texas, they've had some success against the SEC. So you look at last year – uh, and you look at what they was able to do to that Bammer program, you hadn't really seen Alabama team that was really contained the way that Texas especially that defense was containing Alabama uh, at that point Bryce Young I mean we know everything that Bryce Young is and he was pretty pretty much a human and mortal for 3 quarters you know, like there was nothing impressive about him until that fourth quarter hit and of course the Texas fans will say to themselves you know the, the starting quarterback goes down after the first quarter of that game like what what could have been uh from that perspective again that Texas looks at that game and they say they lost Lost Quinn Ewers. Uh, And then the backup comes in and he gets hurt as well. Right. So they look at it like that. They look at it and think to themselves, there was a safety that should have been called. That wasn't called, but Bryce Young's knee was down in that end zone. What could that have been? There was a field goal, 20 yard field goal. That was a chip shot. That was somehow missed. They think to themselves like what, what could have been, you know, if that had not occurred, of course, the Bryce Young Houdini act and they think themselves they're one tackle away in spite of all of that. There's still one tackle away. So they look at that and say to themselves, OK, they can hang with the SEC. We go back to 2019. LSU comes to Texas and that is a back and forth battle that LSU pulls out at the very end. Right. And Texas didn't know at that time and none of us knew at the time that that would be one of the best programs and, and that would go on. Uh, in, in, in college football history, but Texas battled toe-to-toe with a program like LSU without having every single guy on the team going into the NFL. Prior to that, the year before that, they played Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, and they go in and beat them, right? And that that's the famous Sam Ellinger, you know, we're back thing that, you know, where Texas was never really back, right? But at the moment, Texas thought to themselves they were they were back. The year before that, I'll go back to that, they played Mizzou uh, in a bowl game, and they beat Missouri in that game. So if you just go through recent history, Texas has been very competitive against those programs. They've lost against the elite teams very closely. They've beaten the other teams. Now, the key and the secret sauce of everything is getting up for one game is one thing. And as you know, but being able to do it. For an eight game schedule, potential nine game schedule in the future. That's going to be the tough part. That that's the thing, the thing that they're going to have to get used to. But I think week one of college football, you and I talked about this, has shown you that there are SEC programs like a Florida that you you can see them kind of get you know get get embarrassed. There was other we saw, we, we saw the other programs in the conference suffer and sustain some losses as well. So you look at it saying to yourself, okay. You know Georgia's Georgia, and that's just that's just a different realm. But you look at everybody else, and you say to yourself, you know what, Texas should be able to be in the mix on day one.
0: Now, how much pressure, if any, is do you think is on Sarkeesian going into this matchup? Because I've seen that narrative, uh, and, and I really wanted to ask you if if you're are you completely sold that he's the guy that can take Texas where they want to go? Because uh, again, I've, I've seen that narrative. I don't know mm-hmm. how much pressure's on him because it's in Tuscaloosa. It's mighty Alabama. I think all the pressure's on Alabama because cause I've been saying for six months it's a DeGaine dynasty, and they got to prove to me it's not. But uh, where do you think which side has more pressure, and, and are you convinced that Sark is, is the right guy?
2: Necessarily think that there's a ton of pressure on Sarkeesian at this moment in, in their game. I don't. I don't look at him in that being in a hot seat of any portion or anything to that effect. Because it, what helps is recruiting, and he's recruited his ass off. So you when you bring in a guy like Quinn Ewers. Uh, you've got Malik Murphy as a backup quarterback, and no one seemingly knows that. And you bring in a guy like Arch Manning, uh, you, you, you've you got the recruiting thing behind you. So you, you're going to have the boosters behind you. You're going to have the fan base behind you. You're going to have all of that, right? So and, and he's recruited at a high level. They're doing well in NIL. So and then they're able to bring in guys through the transfer portal. So I'm not necessarily convinced that this this game, if they lose – Ends up being anything to them. I think the season overall is more important for Sark going into the SEC because the expectation is that big, that Texas is supposed to win the Big 12. Like that's the expectation. He's got to get to the Big 12 championship game. This is year three. That portion is, in, is important. You know, Sark has got to be able to, whether he likes it or not, the, 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 there was a moniker on him when he was in Washington. The moniker was seven win Sark that's what mm-hmm. they call him. And so he's got to be able to take this program up to the next level. He's got all he's got the talent. You got the quarterback that you want, you got the offensive line that you want. You got a good, got good running backs and a five-star running back who's a freshman in there. You've got Xavier Worthy on the outside. He's a future NFL player. You've got AD Mitchell, the Georgia transfer, on the other side. He's a future NFL player. You've got Jatavian Sanders, who they consider to be the, maybe some who will consider the second best tight end in the country, but you've got him over there. Defensive standpoint, they've got guys. They've got tons of guys. Jalen Ford, the linebacker, was the Big 12 defensive player of the year entering this season. Uh, they've got guys on the defensive line. They've got guys. Like, the talent's not the issue. There's no there's – no, you cannot question the talent. That's not going to be a problem here at all. But he's got to be able to now get this team to the Big 12 championship game because Tom Herman, you know, Mike, he got fired because he was good. But you, when you get hired at Texas, the expectation is great. That's what they want. They don't want good. Tom Herman had a winning record. He never lost a bowl game. Like he was very good. He, they won their bowl game uh, the last one. Uh, you know, curb stopped Colorado. Right. That. That's what they did. But that. But that wasn't good enough. And so that's the thing for Sark is all right, cool. Alabama, it is what it is. That that you take that. That's a bonus. So on and so forth. But most Texas fans are hoping for that night. That ten and two mark and so that's becomes a thing so when you add to the bigger question of start the guys so on and so forth this is year to prove it like this is this year to show okay I've built my program I've built the roster I've got the dudes now this is the this is the next level of what it is and we have to see there's going to be a wait and see you know I think entering this game I don't have the stat in front of me right now I had it and when I was talking to you uh but there was a the stat like things you know the Sark is hey, here we go at Texas, uh, against top twenty-five teams, he's two and seven right now. So at Texas, tra- trailing after when it, Texas has been trailing after the third quarter, they're zero and six. Okay, trailing at halftime, they're two and five. Trailing into the after the third quarter, they're zero and six. These are the things that we talk about. Like, okay, these are things that have to change this season. First season, you get a mulligan. This last season, you can say you're building towards something. But this has to be kind of the year breakthrough, because as you go, as you are saying, when you go into the body SEC, the one thing Texas don't, can't afford to be in the SEC, you don't want to be middle of the road. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to just go in and just be A&M for, you know, uh, you know, for a decade <laughs> or more. Right. It is. It has not to take a shot at A&M because they had they had success in year one. And then, you know, and when it's all said and done, like it was they're just middle of the road you don't want to be that. You want to be something a little bit higher than that and a little bit greater than that. And so that, you know, in order to be that guy that you don't have to look over your shoulder or anything to that effect, yeah, this year this year becomes a bigger year than this individual game.
0: Uh, just based, you know, you're as, as well connected as anybody to that Texas program, but just based on what you're hearing, are they stepping onto that field and Brian Denny on Saturday eh, with the belief that they can win that football game?
2: Absolutely. But the, re- the, the reason that they, they believe it is because that defense is good. You know, they believe it because that defense travels. So they know that from a defensive standpoint, again, they, that, that's a defense that a to toe-to-toe with a Bama team that I don't think most of us expected that they would be able to do last season. And so will they be able to get up for that? Like, absolutely. They, they, they've got a defense that I know it was just Rice, you know, but, you know, for the most part, Rice had, uh, I think, 11 drives. Uh, Texas held them to 114 yards on those first 10 drives they get 62 yards on the final drive of the game so that happened so they they know from a defensive standpoint they can go they know that they can create some turnovers they feel like they can have some effect on on Jalen Monroe like Jalen's a guy that they know if they get to him he can turn the ball over like they they know that's there they know that opportunity is going to be there and that's they'll be in attack mode as relates to that. So and and because Sark used to coach there, because Jeff Banks used to coach there, because Kyle Flood used to coach there, because they had that familiarity, they can tell those guys, I recruited this guy, I recruited this guy. You can hang with that guy. You can hang with that guy. They're not going to go in this with with any kind of awe. Whatsoever, uh, they're going to go in there with the belief that they could come out with a victory, um, and I think they have they have a shot. It's that again; it's an outside shot, right? Because <laughs> Alabama don't lose at home, right? That's that's just a thing. And Texas is going to have to reach another level that we maybe, maybe haven't seen. Because the thing is, I've talked about is a lot of those is, is close close losses that's fine. You got to get to, you got to get to, you got to get the close wins that are, that are there. Uh, you got to make sure your quarterback survives four quarters against Alabama. Like the last two times they played them, that, that, that hasn't happened. Corey Quinn, you like, you've got to make sure like your quarterback stands upright, but they have the belief Mike that they've, 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 they've got a shot. They've got the belief that they can make that thing happen, but mainly it's because that defense uh, will travel. And they feel like that defense will be able to keep them in some ball games.
0: Uh, and, and I'm not going to put this out till Thursday. I don't want to ruin you. Have you made your prediction yet? Do you have a who do you who do you think will win this game?
2: I have not made a score prediction, but I am going to I, I will I'm going to predict Bama to win uh, that game. I, I don't I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to be uh, somewhere in like a, a 24 to 17 ish kind of range. I'm not expecting anything like that now. If that's the case, just go ahead and bet against me and then bet me <laughs> over and you'll probably be okay, right? But I'm not I'm not expecting uh an offensive fireworks. You know, I'm not I'm not expecting that kind of thing. That's not really uh Alabama's MO. That doesn't seem to be the thing that they get into, but I think they'll have to keep the score low. Uh, I think it'll be a challenge a little bit for Texas, you know, against that defense to, you know, move the ball and on the road. I know you and I talked about it. I know that. Tuscaloosa that stadium isn't always rocking, but I get the feeling they'll be up for this game. You know, I get the feeling that they'll be moving a little bit and I think that's going to be a little bit of a challenge. So uh, could I, I, I can see scenarios where Texas can pull out some victories, but in order for that to happen, certain, you know, again, I'm a little worried what I saw from that offensive line, specifically the interior uh, against rice, you know, I'm okay. And I understand what people will say like, well, you no, know, Texas is holding back, and they're holding back some of their plays and this and that, and that's fine, but you're not holding back on execution. <laughs> you're not holding back on that. You're holding back on plays, but you still got to execute the plays that you're running. So that one concerns me, you know, just a little bit where Texas is as far as connecting on the deep ball. Last season, Texas was the only team in the Big 12 that didn't have a pass for 50 yards or more. And so in this year, in the season opener, Against Rice, they didn't have that as well. So I'm still a little concerned at what's going on with this deep ball with, with the quarterback and the receivers. And what you know, they keep talking about how they're gonna get on the same page. Are they gonna get on the same page? Like, what does that look like? And so, because of all those things, I, I say to myself, let me be cautious on this one and, and and go with an Alabama uh victory. But I can if the scenario worked, if Texas does win, it will be because Quinn Ewers played at an extremely high level it would be because Xavier worthy had you know a, a really you know very good kind of monsterish kind of game that he's he's capable of by the way but he it would have to be something like that for me to do it and but for right now I'm gonna predict an Alabama a close Alabama win in a, in a low scoring game so probably somewhere in like 24ish to 17 24 to 20-ish uh kind of range kind of coming down to the fourth quarter.
0: All right, last thing for you, Well, I got to ask you about A&M real quick.
2: Oh. The
0: game. (laughs) Uh, You just want me to get trolled all afternoon, (laughs) is what you're
2: saying. You just want want my my, my benches to just line up like a Christmas tree. I can't wait. Exactly, exactly. I can't wait. Me and Billy Lucci are are friends. I can't wait. (laughs) But really, really likes to be a little sarcastic. So let's let, let me go ahead. Give it to me. Give it
0: to me. Give it to me. Uh, when when should that game be played? Should it you know, do, do you want it back on? What is it? Thanksgiving that right before mm-hmm. then? And uh, thoughts on it being the return game being at Kyle Field, even though that's the last time last time they, those two met was also at Kyle Field.
2: Well, the thing about A and M is that you know they bitch all the time, and the the the, and the bitch fest would have been horrible. if the first game would have been in Austin, right? It just it just the, the hissy fits that would have been thrown. This is the same you know same school that somehow leaked out the possibility of Texas coming uh, to the SEC with the hopes that that would torpedo the whole thing from happening. And so, but, it, it, you know, they couldn't stop that momentum. And so they eventually are upset about it. Eventually they have to accept it. And that's the thing they were able to hang over uh, Texas's head for all these years was, it's like, we're in the SEC and you're not. We're in the SEC, <laughs> you're not. Like, they're winning, we're winning. You know, it's like their championships are our championships. So you're like hanging a banner for the, you know, uh, Georgia's championship or something like that. But no, it, 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 it has to be there in Field for the first one. And they, it's got to be an annual thing. Like, it's just don't, don't, don't get cute. Like, don't get cute. I, I get it where we say there's other conference, as things start to go. Like, we won't see Bedlam anymore, right? We won't see Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State because the because you know, of Oklahoma leaving the conference. But the college football needs rivalries, man. Like, that's what makes this thing so amazing. Like that we remember these rivalry games, we grow up with them. Like it means so much. It don't rob the fans. And that's the thing I feel like with, with Sankey, I don't, I don't think he wants to rob the fans of that. And he understands like, especially from a TV standpoint, why the hell would you as a TV person have Texas come in your conference and say, we won't have Texas play Texas A&M on Thanksgiving day and have all the ratings that would come along with that. Well, why? Why? Mm-hmm. It, it makes no sense. Like, what makes sense is to say that's going to be a money game on Thanksgiving day where, you know, there's not, there's not a ton, you know, it's, NFL, it's an NFL day, but you know, hell, once you get past, you know, the, the, the lions, which is optional. And then once you get past the once you get past the Cowboys, um, you know, when you get to your, when you get to your evening game, like you can put that thing on there in the evening time. And that will be something that the college football fans would love to watch, so to me, it's got to be an annual thing. After this, after the the twenty twenty four season, um, I think TV has got to demand it. It's got to make it happen. Um, it makes too much sense not to happen. It Just makes too much sense not to have Texas play Arkansas and A and M. You know, every single year in the rivalries that they that they wanted. And I get, I get it. I, I get why Mike they wanted to push this thing off. There's a twelve team playoff, and they want to see. How many teams they can get in, and they don't want the, the, to kind of cannibalize themselves. That's the you know everybody's just beating up on everybody, and then you got other programs that are, are, are getting in the playoffs and with ten and two with easy schedules, so they want to see how how that the, the scheduling factors into the decision making as far as who makes the playoffs. But at the end of the day, give the people what they want, give them the rivalries that they want. uh, And I'm hoping that when it's all said and done, I'm hoping it's an annual thing uh, because it's too, it's too good of a game and it means too much to college football not to do it.
0: Well, I can't thank you enough. I am war. Can you tell us uh, the the audience, how can they find you Uh, social media and the show and everything Uh, you you put on a great product? I I, truly am a big fan.
2: Thank you. Thank you. So, um, for those of you look, you know, Texas is coming, you know, so you're gonna if you need some Texas stuff, I got your information here. You can follow me real simple. First and last name on Twitter. I made it real easy for you. Uh it's Anwar Richardson, A-N-W-A-R- Richardson. That's why I am on Twitter. I do a show uh, every um, Monday through Friday, eight to eleven by myself. Uh, it's called the old fashioned sports show, and I got a little bourbon glass there for the old fashioned fans there. Uh, but it's also kind of a throwback of you know some good old fashioned fun uh, that I try to do that on what on, on Ob Live uh, is our channel. It used to be the Texas Longhorn football thing. We branded it. We do uh, shows starting at six thirty in the morning, uh, all the way up until about ten o'clock at night. So, uh, but we, we we mix in guests. As he's, Mike was a guest, we bring, I've had other guys on there as well, so uh, that's the way you can follow me. But yet, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm, I'm not as I'm. I, you know, there's some people who live on Twitter, Mike. That that, that they're, they're like 20 tweets a day. I'm not a 20 tweet a day <laughs> guy. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't got that much to say. But I feel like I you have to hear my thoughts on everything. Like nice. I'm, not, I'm not, but I like to read it. So, but you follow me on Twitter, A W A R Richardson. Uh, as well. And I always love, uh, last thing before I go, I love um this show. I love what you guys do. Um, you know, you guys are really uh truly professional uh in, in the things that you do. I know sometimes people give you a hard time, but uh for what you guys have been able to build up, uh maintain and continue to grow and take it to the next level, like I really you know, hats off to, you know, you, everybody that you work with. Uh, I really like uh, podcasts and things like that I like to watch. People I like to follow. Like, you're amongst the favorites. So, I just want to tell you guys, continue to do the great job that you're doing. Because uh, it's excellent. Even the dog agrees. <laughs> <laughs> Even the dog. He's like, yo, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All
0: right. Hey, how about it, Shade? So, I, <laughs> I'm not surprised, but the Texas guy picking – Bama, again, not very mm-hmm. surprised. But uh, what was your thoughts on that?
1: Well, first off, fantastic interview. I always, always love hanging out with Anwar. He's he's like a celebrity at these SEC media days. <laughs> yeah. You know, always got ladies swarming around him <laughs> and stuff. I so I, I will say, brother, Texas, Texas is hungry. Yeah, that they you know they know the SEC is coming, and they've they've heard from. All the fourteen fan bases that are currently here that they don't belong, that they won't fit in, that they're going to have to rebuild to to be top shelf caliber. Mm-hmm. But you put all that to bed when you come down to Tuscaloosa and get a win. Yep, you know they almost had one last year, and and one made some really great points there. It was almost a miracle that they didn't win that one. Mm-hmm. So, I did they did they use up all their good luck last season? I don't know, but I will say that. This game is it's, it's a launching pad for for both of those programs. We, we now will have a true kind of cat like, where are we? Where is Alabama? Is Alabama really on a revenge tour? Or is, is, is Texas ready to come in here and steal the spotlight in the SEC next year? So, uh, yeah, really good stuff here, man.
0: Yeah, and then for the opposing point of view, Chris Mahler, Saturday Down South. Mm-hmm. Let's kick it over to this one. All right, hey, we're pleased once again to be joined by my man Chris Marler over there, Saturday Down South, College Football Uncensored, which is sometimes censored when I'm on it. How you doing, buddy?
3: I'm good. It's actually we just rebranded it. It's actually called the Saturday Football Uncensored Podcast shit. Yeah, thanks a lot, dude.
0: You can yeah, well, yeah all right i'll edit that out not really okay. but uh how you doing buddy are, are you um, are, are you looks like you're in your shirt because uh are you going to a funeral on saturday
3: first off don't use scott cochran's former trash talk against us <laughs> um, that's a fantastic quote in the 2008 blackout game i am wearing my shirt mainly because i'm out of shape and i don't want you to see my tits right now so perfect um, i'm excited man it should be a fun weekend it'll be It'll be a really, like Tuscaloosa should be a lot of fun this weekend. I think outside of Brandon Walker being there, I think it's going to be a great <laughs> atmosphere. Um, and I can't wait, man. I can't wait.
0: And, and haven't you famously said that uh, Texas is going to beat Alabama? Now, again, you said that I think a long time ago, and we've, we've actually got a game now to, to study from each team. Have, right. you, have you walked that back at all?
3: So I, I, was, I was pretty adamant last year going into the game in the summer that this was going to be a one-score game. And, and the two predictions I made were that it was going to be a one-score game and that no matter what happened, Bama was not going to get credit for it. Like, if they beat them by 20, they they're supposed to beat them by 20. If they beat them by less than seven, they beat a crappy Texas team. And, like, all of that kind of seemed to play out. I think Texas is probably better than, than people gave them credit for at times last year. They obviously fell apart late, but they played Bama very well. And it's, you know, it's not easy to go on the road like to the state of Texas. Don't ask Georgia, but, like, it's not easy to go on the road. <laughs> Um, so I think looking at this game, coming to Tuscaloosa, going into the season, I I thought not only Texas would win, I thought I said repeatedly, they were going to win by 10 plus points because I know that you're not as big of a believer in this guy as I am. It's like our main, main fighting point, uh, is that Steve Sarkeesian, I, I'm, I think Sark is, is the best play caller in college football when he has dudes. And I think at Texas, when you look at this from some of the like a roster standpoint, when he took over, I, we always talk about how great Texas recruiting is and how, you know, there's no reason for them to ever slip up and blah, blah, blah. Cause they have a, like the most like fertile recruiting ground in the country, but that's a roster that had 18 receivers and only eight offensive linemen when he took it over. And now he's coming in in year three, you know, he's got like one of the highest rated quarterback recruits in the history of college foot or of high school football coming in with Quinn Ewers. Um, he's in year two of the system. He's got dudes everywhere at the skill position. They returned 10 starters. They returned all five offensive linemen. The only person they lost was, you know, Bijan Robinson at running back, which is a pretty replaceable position at, at at most places. And they recruited at a high level there, getting the number two overall back in the country. They just have dudes. And I, I think that when he's on script, like we saw last year in the first drive of the game, he's very tough to defend. And I just think that this is one of those games where it's like when, when Saban has played, you know, offenses with a with a good offensive game plan and play caller. You saw it last year with your with your guys at, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Tennessee's up 21-7 at the end of the first quarter, right? Like they went right down the field and scored first. Texas did the same thing last year. Um we've seen Kiffin is has been has been notably good at it, except for, you know, that that 2021 20, game where he went for on fourth down so much. I, I just think that this is a game where you end up in the first quarter down 14 to three. And I don't know if Bama's, or Bama's offense is able to climb out of that and, and hang with them for 60 minutes.
0: Yeah, I'd put Sark about the, the ninth best coordinator in the Big 12. But let me ask you this. Uh, how much of a buzzsaw are they walking into there? Because it, the Big 12, there's just no place like Bryant, Danny. There, there's not right. – I don't know. Man. There's Texas and Oklahoma, and, and that's about it in terms of home field advantage how big of an advantage do you think that'll be for uh, Alabama? Because I I don't think any of these Texas players have, have played in anything quite like this.
3: So I think Brian Denny as an atmosphere can be overrated at times. Um, I don't think that this is one of those situations. I swear to God, if you clip that and only that I will fight you in public. Next time <laughs> I do. Um, No, I, I, I don't think this is gonna be one of those situations. This, this very much has the feel of like a 2019 LSU game. Um, and some of those bigger games where like the moment I think fans understand this is not like, like, you, I think a lot of band fans are confident they're going to win, especially after the week one game uh, and how they looked against MTSU. But I don't think they're going into it with the same kind of lazy, entitled attitude of we're obviously going to win. It's only a question about how much we win by. And I'll sit on my hands for most of the first, second, third quarter and complain about the, the, the coordinators until we pull away. Like that, that's cause that's how I think Bama fans are for the most part. Um, but I think that this is a different situation where it's like, there's a lot at stake. And I think the Bama fans are pissed just like Saban and the team are from the way last year ended and all the off season talk from, I love you to death, but people like you. Um, and, and I think that people are fired up, man. It's, it is, if they lose, they still have a national championship like in play, but if they win, man, that you, you've got a lot in front of you and a lot more confidence as you pick up steam going into sec play.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have confidence in Jalen Milrow to win this football game if it's a high-scoring game, or or do you think it needs to be a little bit, uh, you know, defensive-dominated for for Alabama to come out on he- ahead?
3: I would between those two options, I would say anything but special teams for one. <laughs> Just always with Bama. like I, I never want it to be special teams. Um, I do think that I would. You, you want to have like the defense. Like this can't be like a. What's the best? It can't be like Tennessee last year. You can't be giving up 50 plus points. It can't be like you know, that Arkansas game in 2021 where it's like 42 35. I, I don't, you can't have a shootout with these people um, because Texas has got a lot of weapons and they've got a play caller that is better at, at, at like really taking, like, like making you cover the entire field and taking the top off a of defense better than Tommy Reese is probably able to do in, in his style of offense, too. So to answer the question, um, you know, every time, every time I do anything cultural related, Georgia fans have to figure out a way <laughs> to come in here and ruin it. And I know that's and Steve. No. So, I mean, um, no, I, I think, I think that like, like to the most long winded answer ever with, with Jalen Milrow, I don't expect him to have a game like he did last week. Right. At the same time, I trust him to go win you a game because he, he is a guy that you have to, you know, you have to commit another person to him, maybe two because of how good of an athlete he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's a fourth quarter drive and, and Bam was down, it, like, i tell you what, if they're in the situation they were in last year with Bryce Young, no, I don't, I don't know if I think Jalen Noro was able to win that game. Um, but I also, we don't, we haven't seen enough out of him that I would, I would, I would doubt him. Cause I think it's a, it's a really, really good football player that people just kind of assumed that the whole thing was going to fall off a cliff. And I don't think that's the case.
0: What will those genius talking heads that you were alluding to earlier, what will they be saying on Sunday if Texas wins this game? Will it be the decaying dynasty is real, or is it that Texas has arrived? Where do you land on that?
3: I mean, I know that's what you're going to say. Regardless, um, you I also got the tweet LSU, ready. You also said that LSU was going to win the national championship, and they got just their brains beaten. Yeah, in the game.
0: Well, I was going to get to that in a minute, but
3: <laughs> so was I. So, um, no, I, I think you know, I, I think that people are. I said this in the off season. I don't think the dynasty is necessarily dead. I don't know if Saban wins another national championship. I think he still competes for championships for sure. I think what ha- what's happening in Athens over there with Kirby, he's doing everything at a more elite level than anyone in the country. So I don't know if Bama wins another national title under Saban. Um, I think that they will compete for them still. And I, I wouldn't say that the dynasty is necessarily dead, but I also think that like the, the, the amount of wish, for lack of better words, from people around the country that this thing is over and wanting to believe in it. And, and like, and you know how the beginning of seasons are anyway, and just the, the nature of fans, everyone wants to have their confirmation bias. Everyone's been saying stuff all talking season and, and you want to be right, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. fans when they're wrong. So it's like I, I think that when they've been saying this over and over to themselves that this is this is over, like they, that everything looks different. If they win, it'll be a much different attitude, but if they lose, it'll be much more the same. And, and even if the reasons are valid, it'll be much more the same of, yep, yeah, exactly. Dynasty's dead. Because I'd say one thing we don't do, we're, we're just not going to do. And you saw a lot with LSU fans, with LSU FSU. We're not going to give credit to the other team. It's only going to be an in-house problem, right? Like you, yeah. you can't just and say like, Oh, Hey, like I remember watching that last year with like Tennessee fans and being like, "Will Anderson didn't have a single sack. And I was like, he didn't, he also went up against a first round left tackle, which is a, a, a testament to that kid. <laughs> it's like, we could also just give credit to other teams <laughs> and other players. Cause there's a lot of good players in this league and a lot of good teams as well.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I'm not putting this out till Thursday, so I don't want to ruin any predictions you, you may have between now and then, but uh, have you made a prediction who wins this game, Alabama or Texas?
3: I think Texas wins this game. I think I, – I do. I, I, and, and the reason why is I think that this is a game where Sark is dangerous, and, and they probably should have won that game last year if yours is healthy for the entire time. Contrary to what some people believe, injuries do matter in sports, and they can affect the outcome of big games. Um, I, think they, I think that Bama loses that game maybe handily last year, even with how good the back of quarterback played, Hudson Card. Um. I fully expect this to be a situation where if you're betting on it, Texas to score first feels like free money. Like, I I don't think this is a game where it's like nothing similar to any, any LSU Bama game, except for 2019, where it's like, it's going to be a defensive struggle. Texas will take the field. They will take the ball first. They will go down the field and score. They will have all sorts of exotic motion and plays and cross, like, you know, like just disguise stuff because Sark is so creative especially when he has dudes and he has dudes. So I think you start out in the game where the, the best way I would describe it is maybe like the 2012, that 2012 A&M game, where it's like maybe make a couple of self-inflicted wounds early, but it's also like I think that the other team, Texas in this case, gets out to an early lead, and you might see Bama claw back, but I, I don't think that they are built as of right now to hang with a team like this with this offense this early in the season later in the year when they, when they know more what they have with Jalen Miller and he's not making his third career start maybe, but I think as of right now, it's hard not to look at Texas and be like that team, that team has it.
0: All right. Let me get you out of here on this, Chris takeaways from week one, sec. Is it that uh, LSU shit the bed and maybe look like the damn fool I am. Is mm-hmm. it Tennessee, you know, looking average, but still beating a team by 40 points. Cause they're yeah. elite. Uh, is it Texas A&M maybe, uh, looking like, uh, a true contender, albeit against weak competition, South Carolina, Florida, what's, what's your main takeaways there?
3: So I have a bunch and I, I know that's not gonna surprise you cause I love talking. Um, <laughs> and I've already talked for way too long on this interview, I'm sure, but like, so just going through it. South Carolina's offensive line right off the bat, embarrassingly bad. UNC gave, they had 17 total sacks on a 14 game season last year. They had nine in week one. That's inexcusable. Uh, hot, I said, dog
0: it's, you know, it's hot dog chain game.
3: Like, <laughs> even the only person that's an athlete that could blame hot dogs on a losing effort is Joey Chestnut. And even Joey <laughs> Chestnut on, on July 4th is like, it's going to rain. We're still doing this GD competition. Um, Oh, shame Beamer, shame on you. Um, No, but, like, that's, like, one thing I I remember pointing out when Spencer Rattler came from OU was when he was at OU, they had 11 offensive linemen that were four-star recruits or better. And when he got to South Carolina, they had one. They have, I think, three or two now total um on that offensive line. So that's a lot of improvement there. You brought up A&M. and m played against weaker competition, but we saw A&M play against weaker competition last year and still struggle. Like, 17-0 at the half against Sam Houston State. Um, it's an, it's an offense that averaged 23 points per game. And you come out and put up 35 in the first half. I think that's huge. I, I think that A&M is a legit contender, not for second in the West. I think they're a legit contender in the, in the conference um, that D line is built like an NFL D line. Right. Um, I, I think they're really good. The last two I'll get to that. I was most impressed with besides A&M Tennessee and it has nothing to do with what we talked about with Tennessee all offseason Cause all the talk was about the offense, right? That's, that's what we talked about. Joe Milton, how far he can throw it. I'll, be very excited when that question finally is put out to pasture because i'm tired of hearing we get it it's 90 the answer is 90 we got it um but like that defense that front seven and and those those guys off the edge dominant absolutely dominant they were dominant against the run they were constantly putting that quarterback under duress i was i was very impressed with that I was a little bit angry with whichever receiver dropped that walk-in touchdown because it cost me the first quarter over and first quarter money <laughs> line or first quarter spread. But um, and then last but not least, the LSU thing, I think LSU is still a really good team. But one of the things I heard all offseason is they were a championship contending team. And I think first, what I'll, I'll say is what I was saying earlier, it's like you get a, you got to give credit to FSU. FSU is a very good football team. We try to lump them in with like, you know, Notre Dame or Texas or whatever, where it's like we've heard at times they might be back and then they're not, and it's funny because we like to kind of shit on them because, you know, we watched them dominate Wake Forest for an entire decade and pretend that there <laughs> was a good schedule in the 90s, but, like, I think that Florida State is a very, very talented team, and that schedule is not hard enough for them not to go undefeated or at least 11-1 where they could make the playoff. I, I, think, I think that you get you got to give them a lot of credit, but on the other end, if you're LSU – I heard all off season that this was a championship caliber team and all the excuses I've heard since, which was, well, we had a bunch of drop passes or Jaden Daniels didn't throw the deep ball well enough, or there were penalties that should have been called the penalty thing. If you're complaining about that, you're an idiot because they had zero penalties in the first half zero. And they're an only Florida state was called. They mm-hmm. only had drops the entire game. I don't care if it came in big moments. That's not what championship teams do. You got bullied on the offensive line all day. And then you apparently had an offensive lineman, Congratulating the defensive line in the middle of the game and saying like, "Oh, you guys are good." Like somebody get for the end of the fucking game, like, what are we doing? Like, like I never stood in a batter's box in college and like looked and be like, "Hey, that was a really good slider, dude. Please don't throw it again." Like that's, that's a bizarre move. Um, but yeah, I I think that LSU has a lot of work to do. But they started out the season with a loss last year, albeit not like this. But I do, I still stand by what I said. I don't think they're a championship team, and I think you saw why on Sunday.
0: Well, they're undefeated in SEC play. Got to remember that. But all right. I appreciate you, buddy. Before you go, tell everybody where can they uh, find you on social media and uh, give them the correct name of your show this time.
3: I will. So Saturday Football (laughs) Uncensored is the podcast. um, And we're out on all platforms. We come out on um, Thursday morning, and then we have a live show on Sunday night. Um, It's a lot of fun. We also have a call-in, like a a game day hotline number we post on social media. This week we had a Florida fan uh, compare how bad this team was to how bad Star Wars has become. (laughs) <laughs> Which was, um so there's a lot of fun um so check out the podcast for sure uh after you listen to this one and then maybe go check us out and then on on social media i'm vern funquist on twitter um so like i always say it's very fun in moderation but you know tread lightly
0: all right buddy this is what i love i love the, and we didn't set this up but we got the texas guy saying Bama's gonna win We got the Bama guy saying Texas is going to win. Yeah. That's got me. I was already fired up for this football game, but I just love going into these big games and we got opposing people saying, uh, you know, who will win the game. That just adds more fuel to the fire for me.
1: Well, it makes it a little tougher to make my pick Thursday, you know, because i try to figure out which one I want to lock down, you know. And I can't have them both going against each other because now it's like a coin toss. But that's exactly what we want to see, Mike. Week one, there was a lot of games that weren't coin toss. The best game, unfortunately, the SEC didn't win, in my opinion. I thought that LSU matchup was, yep. was freaking awesome, and it was back and forth. It was why we love college football. But with us, what we may see this Saturday between these two programs—so a lot of great games. But this one here, i really got my eye on. No, Shane, let's hope and pray. Is this to, CBS?
0: No, ESPN oh, okay, night game. Thank God we got another. When's he show back up uh, next week? Ge- All right, his South Carolina
1: at, at Georgia. <laughs> All right, Gary's revenge tour starts <laughs> next week.
0: <laughs> Shane, I didn't even want to put this into the atmosphere. You know, put it put it out in the ether. But just bear with me. We'll, we'll close on this. And feel free to just shut this down yeah. if you if you think it's just, it's just stupid. It already feels stupid. What if Texas wins? Yeah. What if Miami beats A&M? What if Mississippi State loses? You know, so these big non-conference games. If the SEC loses the majority of them this weekend like mm-hmm. they did the first weekend, is it time to panic that – the SEC is overrated,
1: oh, My SEC. I mean, we got to ask the tough questions. We yep. do got to ask the tough questions, but the SEC is not overrated. But if your scenario happens, then yeah, it is. And I don't think it is, brother, because. Yeah. I know you were really high on LSU. There's a lot of people high on LSU. I had a little bit more reserve with the Tigers. I thought, you know, this was going to be a slow go at the end of the season. Maybe they ramp up and become a, a high-caliber team again. But I, my, my anticipation for them was not winning the West, was right. not going to an SEC championship. What I asked myself, Mike, was if I switched LSU with Georgia, yeah. would that have been a ball game? And can you sit right there right now and say that Georgia wouldn't have beat Florida State?
0: No I mean no. Georgia definitely would have won. I think
1: they would have destroyed them. I think they would have at least won by by three touchdowns. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Seminoles you still hanging on you still hanging on that's because of shade this time not me and the only reason I'm saying that is because I can't prove it just right now so there'll be an opportunity but that's how I that's how I was judging that game same thing with Florida if Tennessee went up to Utah do you think Tennessee would have beat Utah absolutely I think it would have happened so the first reaction, these are blue blood programs, LSU and Florida getting embarrassed. I think that's that's the mentality that this country has when they're watching these two programs because maybe they don't watch LSU. Maybe they don't watch Florida. They haven't seen them in the last couple of years because they haven't really been relevant. But they think of the Tim Tebow games. Yeah. They think of the Joe Burrow games and stuff like that. So I think there's a little bit of a natural you know, panic when you see those losses, but – I don't think those two teams are the top of the SEC. So to say that we're you know overrated, I'm not going to say that. But I will say this. If Texas A&M loses to Miami, if uh, Mississippi State loses this week,
0: if – who's the other one? Tulane. What if Tulane beats Ole, Tulane, Ole Miss? Tulane, that's another oh,
1: Well, yeah. It, yeah, any of them. I, I would say if three of them lose, yeah. you know, Alabama and Ole Miss and somebody else, you know – yeah, i could I could I could articulate that we're in trouble, <laughs> you
3: know.
1: <laughs> but I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I really don't. <laughs>
0: Damn, now well, you got me worried, dude.
1: <laughs> now you got me worried. Like, golly, I, just wait. the point
0: is, SEC's got a lot on the line this yeah. weekend. They better Gotta show get the up. Respect back, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well going out on a downer here shane i appreciate you for for joining me appreciate all the respect without the sec remember that Uh, appreciate all the cousins out there we'll catch you all the next one all right see you guys go balls i don't know why but i like
1: hey buddy this beer's for you mike and cousin
2: shane That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that
3: SEC podcast. Hail State.